Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Hello, and welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I have a special treat for you today. We are talking all about lean marketing on a budget, and soon we'll have host George Kreiser, our co-host, our guest today. George, come in and join us. And before we get to that, I want to talk about what lean marketing. We think about all these different kinds of ways to market, and we think about our products and our services and how we get to launch these in a really big way. And a lot of times we want to put a lot of money behind the, the product and service before we even know if it's a go. And so what we're going to talk about with George today, George is an expert in video and interactive marketing and digital and all these different components of marketing. And he's figured out how to test marketing, how to test a product or service before we put a lot of money behind it. And George, he founded a company back in the 90s that really has grown over time and added a lot of services that support us in understanding how do we really market, like how do we, how do we validate an idea or a product or service before we spend a ton of money actually going for it. So, George, I believe we have you on the line. Good morning. Are how are you? Hey, George. I'm great. How are you? We can, I, we can hear you. Fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, I was just telling everybody a little bit about you. Talk to us about what a day looks like for you. Oh, what does a day look like for me? That is a good question. It, it varies so much. You know, a uh, uh, typical day, well, anymore, it's spent a lot of time on Zoom meetings. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but well, think uh, about typical days, a lot of client meetings typically. Yeah, well, think about lean marketing and uh, what is it? A lot of people are wondering what that concept really means. You know, there's there's actually two <clears throat> concepts that are involved here. One is uh, lean, and the other one is agile. Um, mm-hmm. Lean comes from uh, that kind of comes from the Japanese, primarily from Toyota, and has kind of expanded, and and that's that is cutting down waste and trying to uh, continuously deliver quality. So lean is about efficiency. Um, agile is another component of that, which actually comes from software development. And what agile says is, you know, software projects used to follow what they call the waterfall methodology, and this is is the way that uh, marketing was traditionally done is that you put together this very elaborate plan that you intend to follow step by step through. And the uh, the problem was is that um, there, it didn't it you didn't know enough at the beginning. You didn't know what all the requirements were going to be. It wasn't possible to anticipate every issue. So what Agile uh, did was said, well, let's just break this up into a series of small steps. And we'll, at the beginning of each step, we're going to decide what we're going to do. And then we'll execute that. And then at the end of the step, we'll decide where we are at. 
And so what you're doing is you're kind of uh, correcting your course, uh, you know, on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis, depending on the size of the project. So it becomes a lot more efficient. Um, we've know, uh, we've seen this before in our software projects where things you thought you were going to build as you got into it and discussed it, you realized you didn't need it. And there were other things that popped up that, oh, yeah, we actually need this. Um, so that kind of describes the methodology uh, behind it. And then what we do is, is apply some of that to marketing. Um, one of the issues with marketing is that when we start, oh, we have a bunch of assumptions. You know, we might have done some research, but we, we have a bunch of assumptions that we're, we're and, that, and that's exactly what they are, assumptions. Um, traditionally, you know, you'd, and, and you can speak to this, you create this uh, huge marketing calendar and you create these campaigns and you throw a lot of money into executing them and then uh, you, you had no idea if they're going to work or not uh, until you actually got them out there. Um, so the lean marketing is applying the lean and agile principles uh, to marketing. So these concepts, I know they work for big businesses, and how do they work for small businesses? Oh, I think they work <clears throat> great for small businesses, <clears throat> especially for startups, where you don't really you you don't really understand your customer because you have a brand new uh, a product. Uh, there's a classic uh, work by Eric Ries called the Lean Startup. And that talked about he he discussed a lot of the same uh, issues they had <clears throat> is they would build a product uh, and there would be no audience for it. So how do you find out? Um, how do you test your assumptions as quickly as you can? <clears throat> how do you learn as quickly as possible? Um, for a small business, I think that's especially important. You don't have a huge budget. Um, and if you have an idea on what a client might want or, uh, you know, whether they'd resonate with a certain campaign or a certain piece of uh, creative, find a really lo-fi, quick way to just test the concept. And one of the things that, I mean, you can ask people, uh, but that's, that's kind of difficult uh, because people tend to tell you, what you want to hear. Um, so finding ways that you can test it uh, kind of out in the wild is important. So we've talked about in the last few weeks on, on Profit Launch how we can use some digital technology for that. Can you talk to an example of where someone's done that successfully and figured out whether their idea is valid, whether there's an audience out there for it? Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of examples. Uh, we are working with one right now. Uh, this <clears throat> um, gentleman has developed a product. It's kind of a home uh, repair product. I'm not exactly sure um, where the audience is, you know. So we we came up with three different personas we thought was was going to be a good audience for them. And we came up with some initial messages we thought uh, would be important. Um, and so what we did to test that is we just ran a Google 
ad campaign. We set up a landing page, and we ran a Google ad campaign with several different messages. So we were testing the messages. We we started to learn um, what they click on. So we we began we we began to understand the messages that would resonate. We could look at the demographics and see. Uh, who who was reacting to these different messages. Uh, and then we created a landing page where we could test the different pricing levels. Um, so if you click to buy, that's a real good indicator uh, of success. You know, different than like a focus group where you might go in and ask a bunch of people what their opinion is. This is actually testing out in the wild. And uh, so what we do is, is we developed a very... Uh, we develop, try to develop some very quantitative uh, guesses ahead of time that a certain percentage of people will do this behavior, and then we then we test that and then we optimize from there. So we found out a lot of things. We found out that overwhelmingly in this particular channel, uh, people were coming from mobile devices, and so that was important to know and about the whole experience. Uh, we found out that the uh, higher price point didn't seem to be a problem. Um, we found out what messaging they related to most, and now we're we're into uh, uh, later rounds of testing where we're kind of refining that. It also lets us know our original projections. We didn't think that Google Ads. One that one of the issues we're dealing with is this product has a very small margin. The cost of production right now is very high uh, because it's a very limited, you know, runs brand new. Um, so we just couldn't get the math to work out on Google with Google Ads unless we could get a really high conversion rate. So we were testing to see if we could actually come anywhere close to achieving that. And, you know, for all this testing, we only spent, you know, probably a couple hundred dollars, uh, maybe $300 in, in Google Ads. Uh, and that was enough to get some significant results uh, that let us know a lot before, you know, we would dump money into an ad campaign or even, even create a full-blown website. Yeah, this is Thanks for sharing this, George. And this is great information where a lot of us think, we've got to spend these thousands of dollars or we, we build a beautiful brand and we haven't yet tested to see whether there's an audience. And so I think the piece that, that you're calling forward is a lot of people think that marketing is selling, that marketing is really only used for selling. And what I hear you demonstrating is that marketing can tell us a lot. There's different marketing distinctions. It can tell us what sort of price to put our, our product or our service at or refining the audience uh, or even how to go to market. So tell me, let's break this down just a little bit so that everybody can hear sure. this. You started with a landing page. So talk a little bit about, it sounds like you did some A-B testing. And so for the audience, can you explain what A-B testing is and, and what, just go a little bit sure. deeper into how you created that landing page. Yeah, sure. And actually, yeah, the landing page was um, was kind of, you know, the first thing we we started with was just brainstorming, right? We thought, okay, who do we think? is going to be the audience for this. And these are the assumptions then that we we developed tests to see if we were true. Um, the landing page, of it, well, and the ads were a component of that. You click on the ad. The landing page is where you really get to test some of your messaging, you see. And um, 
So you know what a landing page is. It's basically a one-page website uh, that kind of whatever ad they clicked on, it kind of continues that discussion. And so um, what happened is is that when they come to the landing page, we'd have information, we'd have a buy uh, button, and we'd have the price on there. We had a video on how the product worked. Um, we have some examples. And um, what we did is we actually um, recorded the uh, people's behavior with a heat map so we could see what they looked at and what they clicked on. Um, it gave us, actually found out some really good information. They clicked on the uh, demonstration video, it was very popular. We found some other places that uh, they were clicking on that weren't actually clickable, but the things they were clicking on gave us clues as to what questions they had and what they were interested in. And then the A-B test is what you do is you create two uh, pages that are essentially the same, except one of them you vary, vary one thing on there. So it might be one has the price at $29.95 and the other one has it at $24.95. And you'd see which one converts better. One of them, we, we actually had another client where we did um, a landing page just by changing the color of the submit button from green to red, almost doubled uh, the amount of people that clicked on it. So, I mean, those are uh, those are not so much. That's not an example of really understanding your audience, but it just there's a lot of factors that go in that that you can test for fairly inexpensive. What's your technology that you want that you use on landing pages? Oh, uh, you know those those don't have to be. We just <clears throat> um, in this last example, they have a, a basic website. We just we just created landing pages on that website, and then we just okay. hooked up some you know uh, analytics to it so we could track, and then we hooked up some uh, heat mapping, you know, uh, so we could see the behavior on there. Um, there's there's a lot of good you know just landing page. Uh, you know, websites out there you can go and sign up and create quick uh, landing pages. And uh, a lot of them have the built-in A-B testing, too, and you can do that fairly inexpensively. It doesn't yeah, have to my, be perfect. Yeah, I think that's the piece that, that we really get to land for the audience is it doesn't have to be perfect. I love lead pages or we use lead pages and click funnels, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm using Wix right now for our website provider and so we just we spin off landing pages off of that. And so for the audience, really, it doesn't matter what your technology is. What I hear you saying is just create that landing page. Yeah, I think you know, I think it's important to um I think it's important to decide ahead of time what you're what exactly you want to find out. And if you can actually um come up with some quantitative metrics around that, uh, that's even better. Um, and then you create your landing page. You want to make sure that you have some way to capture data, you know, their behavior. You know, uh, use uh, Google Analytics will tell you the devices that they used and where they came from and what time of the day they came. And it will try to guess at their demographics and, you know, collect all this data 
Um, and that's important. <clears throat> the the um, the agile methodology and lean marketing is um, is cyclical. So you do an iteration. You you do something. You try it out. You collect the data. You look at it, and then you figure out what you want to change or how how can you make it better. And you just keep going through that cycle until you you get uh, to a place you're pretty confident you know what you're doing. And the other thing is fighting okay. perfection. Oh, go ahead. No, no, keep going. I want this piece, fighting perfection, yes. Yeah, fighting perfection. In our office especially, we had to uh, – we had to change our mindset because, you know, we were always focused on doing, you know, as best quality work. And what would happen is sometimes it would delay us getting stuff done for so long. So we had to change that metric that um, when we were when we were in this phase is that getting it out there was more important than getting it perfect because we were going to optimize it anyway and just don't wait. Get something out there and then improve it as you go. Um, it's much more important to do it than to have it perfect. Because honestly, you're there to learn. The methodology used to be, and you know this uh, too, Kathleen, back in the agency uh, uh, days, your experience counted for a lot. You know, if you had a lot of experience, we'll say, in, you know, some food sector or groceries or something, all that experience counted for a lot. Nowadays, experience isn't nearly as important as how quickly can you learn. Things are changing so fast. The technology is changing so fast. The messaging. So speed of learning is really what the uh, critical skill is these days. Yeah, I hear that. Getting it out there is more important than having it perfect. So we're going to go on a quick break, George, and when we get back, let's explore this perfection versus excellence and how that applies uh-huh. here, the, the perfection versus excellence. So we'll go on a quick break, and we will be back here in just a minute. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. 
Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Hello. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we are on here with George Christ today on Inspired Choices Network. We're talking about lean marketing or agile marketing. And this last segment, right before we went to commercial, we talked about what it actually meant to uh, think about your marketing ahead of just building the product or service and hoping that people will buy it, hoping that people want it, and how we can use marketing to understand what the audience is that's out there. So, George, are you still with us? I am. Awesome. So right before we went to break, we talked about getting it out there is more important than having it perfect and really the distinction between perfection versus excellence. So can you talk a little bit more to that and why that's an important piece to marketing and, and really how that's, that thought has changed? Yeah, that's that's really good. And – um I just want to make it clear we're not advocating putting out junk. That's not the that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh how perfection sometimes holds you back and the the investment and the amount of time and work to get what you think is perfect um is really a waste of resources in a lot of cases. Um the key is to get things out there and then optimize. So you need to, going back to our, our, our point that learning as quickly as you possibly can is, is what is critical. Get something out there, learn from it, and then optimize it. And I think maybe a good uh, example is learning a foreign language. Have you ever tried to do that, Kathleen? <laughs> I have. I know a little Spanish. There we go. And you know that the the best thing you could po- possibly do is practice. But did you ever feel afraid to say something because you knew it wasn't going to be perfect? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the the fear of making a mistake and not having it just right and not being perfect it actually holds you back from learning the language. Um, and, you know, you optimize every time you try something, you make a mistake and get corrected or whatever, then you learn. And the same is true with marketing. Getting it out there and learning as quickly as possible is the only way you're really going to uh, achieve or optimize and achieve the results that you're after. Um, there's just too many, too many things that you don't know. And so you want to find them out as quickly as possible. You want to be really fluid and you want to be able to react quickly. What I find fascinating is that you said you did the whole landing page and the Google ad campaign to test some of these different pieces. And really in the Google ad campaigns, you only spent $300. And it's really not that much money to figure out whether you have a viable product or service. So how did you know what what words or terms to use for the Google ad campaign that drove those results for you? Well, you know what we did? We did a couple of of things. Um, 
we we just well the same kind of the classic process you know you make some assumptions we think that these are the the search terms uh that people would be looking for um we knew in this particular instance they weren't going to be searching directly for this product they'd be searching for something else because this product was kind of a new way of, of solving an issue um so what we did is we we created several different ad groups and then we we put what we thought were appropriate search terms initially um and then there's a couple of things you can do you know if you if you can make them kind of fuzzy search terms so Google will try to they'll try to guess at what you're looking one way you can do it is make the words very exact so they have to match but we wanted it kind of fuzzy and then they also have uh, this thing where they will kind of automatically create and optimize ads for you. So we tested that too, and just like Google, do some of the optimization as to uh, uh, what were the what were the best combination of terms. But we ended up creating probably I don't know seven or eight different ads with different sort of headlines and different uh, body copy. And we just see which ones uh, started to perform. Um, it's interesting too. I mean, that was just the subject thing. We've had experience before on, on some ads and Facebook ads where uh, uh, just changing the image. We, we had, uh, we had one that we did where this, there was a girl in a striped shirt outperformed all the other imagery by two times. So we don't know exactly why yet. Uh, but unless we had tested the variations, we wouldn't have discovered that. Now those are, those are kind of, I mean, there's design elements you need to test as well as, you know, the copy and messaging elements. But I think the point's still the same is just constantly be, be testing these as you, before you launch, before you really put a ton of work into something. Uh, make sure you're heading in the right direction. Um, I'm sure you've seen that in, in your experience, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think one of the things that I heard you say that I want to just make sure we pull forward is, you know, are you solving an existing problem or are you creating your own market? And so I hear that there's all these distinctions, all these variations we could go after, and we could get down rabbit holes in each of those areas for ad testing. Uh, but going back to the beginning of if, if I'm creating my own market, so nobody's ever heard of my product or service before, then how would somebody Google that? If I'm going to Google and I'm typing in uh, red giraffe, there's you know, a red giraffe. I don't believe that it exists. Maybe it does, but I don't think of a red giraffe. So if I was typing red giraffe, no, nothing would come up because we don't ever know. We don't even know that that exists. But if I typed uh what color are giraffes, I would want to come up. So really weird, random example. Uh, that's how my mind works. <laughs> but the whole thought process of <laughs> are we solving an existing problem or are we creating our own market? And what I hear you saying is that when we go to pick our search terms or when we go to pick our Google ads, we want to be reflective of where we are, what are we creating in the marketplace? Yes, that's absolutely right. I think, uh, kind of goes back to uh, you want to really have a, a clear um, idea of what your assumptions are when you start. You know, like you say, if you if it's a brand new uh, product, then we, we assume this. We assume that this 
persona is going to uh, this is going to be appealing to them and they'd be willing to buy this product at X price. So that's our assumption. And then we set about testing that. Um, if you don't have that, then you just get a bunch of data and you really don't have a framework to interpret it. But it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just need to really say, all right, here's what, here's our assumptions. Here's the behavior we expect or we hope we'll get. And then let's see what really happens. And then, then, we, then you modify that for the next uh, iteration. And you don't need to do this forever. You just need to do it until you feel comfortable that you're on the right track. That you you reach the um, the expectations and the the, the especially the uh, qualitative or quantitative numbers uh, that that you'd hope for. What I love about this, George, is last week we did hot spots on the last podcast, and the the three people that we talked to they were all in the stages what I, I talk about the five steps to creating a six figure plus income and in the first three steps the the vision the the target audience and the offering were really just creating assumptions and so now we're in the fourth step which is scale and here is where we're testing the assumptions and so I've been saying for the last few weeks you know, just, we just we're creating our assumptions don't worry about whether they are they're going to work or not because we'll test those and this is where so for everybody listening, right here, what George and I are talking about is where we test them. So what happens, George, when we're in the testing phase and we've set these assumptions, we set these metrics, and it's not working? Well, that's that's a really good that's a really good question. Um, you have to determine why it's not working, um, and that's where you where you do all right. After your first iteration, you say, "All right, what were the results we got? Is this is this working or not for us?" And then let's change some variables and see if we can improve. So let's make an, a new set of assumptions uh, that we're going to test. Um, you may get to the point where, "Hey, this this just isn't working," and then you know what they call pivot. You have to decide whether your idea is just not. There's no market for it. There's not. It's not a significant improvement uh, over existing uh, uh, solutions. Um, any number of reasons. You may just have to decide either to kill it or to pivot uh, some other way. I know there's a lot of examples, you know, especially in uh, like software. I remember, and I don't remember the exact company, but they originally had developed this application to do X, Y, and Z, and that didn't wasn't working for them. There was no audience, and nobody wanted to do it. But what they noticed was is they had created this sort of in-app um, communications back and forth, and that that's what really people were interested in. And then they pivoted instead of doing X, they started doing why they took a piece of, of what they've created and realized the value was there and then built that into a successful company. Um, so that's, that's that pivot point, you know, you optimize and there may be a point where, you know, there's just the market doesn't exist for this product. Like we thought they did. I mean, uh, take new Coke, for example. I mean, there's a long list pets.com, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> A uh, lot of examples of of things that they're 
You know, and I think Silicon Valley is a great example because the um, the cycle is so short. You know, things happen so fast. You grow so quick. You get lots of uh, venture capital or whatever, and then you succeed or fail pretty quick. Um, not true in all cases, obviously, but uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, the uh, the life cycles of companies are shorter. That you can really learn a lot by uh, what happens there. You what you're what's coming up for me is remembering. Uh, you know, of every great idea that ever exists, only about well, I don't know what the statistic is, but let's just say it's one in ten really are meant to to move forward. And what I hear you saying is we could take those 10 ideas and instead of just moving forward with all of them, the resources it would require to move 10 ideas forward, we can go do a little bit of testing and figure out what's the one that we want to put our effort behind. And so our success ratio gets significantly higher because now we are already proving successes before we even actually move forward with this product or service. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we've tested the product, uh, without actually having a product yet. And, uh, you know, there was some, there was some feeling, well, is that really ethical to, to test it? And, uh, the people that, that signed up for it is, I mean, we were very transparent after that point that, you know, here, it, we expect it to be live here. We'll notify you. You know, you'll get, we'll give you a 50% discount for, for, uh, for being, uh, early interest in it. So I think there's ways that, uh, that you can kind of mitigate that fear. But, uh, I've seen too many times people spend a lot of money to build something that, had no market or didn't go anywhere and it was just a huge waste of of resources and actually we've done that ourselves uh before uh we've done a complete pilot for a uh a tv series that probably should have had the market tested first uh before we spent all the time and money um i'm sure you know from your agency experience uh times that Tremendous amount of money was spent, and it was the, the assumptions were wrong. Yeah, that's what what I'm thinking about is you know, the course industry or the, the knowledge industry is so huge right now. And what uh, what isn't talked about as much is that most courses, so people that are selling like the uh, oh how to grow an online business, for example, there's tons of those out there right now, and a lot of times those courses, when they're sold, they're really, they go out to launch, they go in a, a founder's launch, or they go in some kind of intro where the, the actual course doesn't exist yet. They're really just testing to see if there's a market, and then they'll go create it if somebody buys it. But they don't want just one person to buy it. They, they would rather refund money that to one person than build an entire course out. So they're really looking for scale early on, which is really, that's contradictory to how we used to run marketing how we used to run business and now we're really looking at where to spend our resources in a in a smarter way yeah you would have built out the whole course first and then see if you could find the market for it and that's that's actually doing it absolutely backwards yeah now we see that uh but for the longest time it just made sense we build it and they will come like field of dreams (laughs) you know we're here in iowa and so right. think about Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. That's the philosophy. And yet now we're saying, 
see if they'll come. And when they do, then we build it. So it's a totally flipped on our head philosophy. And yet it just makes total sense. And so, I think I think that's somewhat driven by the, the Internet now, right? Because you have data and you can people search and click. They interact with your ads so you don't have to create something and have people demo it. And uh, you can just you can see if there's uh, enough interest out there. So even think about how your business has grown, and you've had you have a phenomenal video studio. You guys can produce top-notch videos, and is that what's required all the time for every company? Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, we have we have a very high-end uh, video production capabilities, but for our market testing, um, we we shoot those videos with just a, a camcorder, even shoot them on an iPhone. Because um, what what we want is we want them quick, and we don't want to spend a lot of money on them. We want to save the money. We want to make a nice video at some point, but only when we know exactly what it should be about and uh, who it should be to and what the messaging is. Um, so we we do really lo-fi testing. It would seem funny, but yeah, yeah there's you don't want to you take a jackhammer just to pound the nail, and we want to we want to make sure we're efficient and really watching the return on investment that's always something you always have to have to calculate. Yeah, and so a lot of our audience right now there's some things that they want to they want to create uh they're getting to that that six figure so their goal is just to to get it out there and do some of this testing. Do a lot of agencies right now are they offering this kind of agile testing or are you guys unique in this method? Um it, it kind of depends. There are agencies that are, are ag- into agile marketing. I think they probably tend to be more uh, digital agencies. Um, like I say, the, the sort of agile philosophy kind of comes from software. So you'll see that a lot with your online businesses where it really uh, makes sense. But you're not limited to that. Um, it's like so much business is conducted uh, online. Um but there are people out there. There's, uh, there's, uh, I think, a growing group of, of agencies that, you know, it's one thing to say you're agile and lean and another thing to actually be that way. Um, but in my experience, a lot of the agencies are, are still, uh, still operating in kind of a traditional way. And which, that's okay if you have a lot of money. <clears throat> but if you don't, um, you want you want to find somebody that's very um, very aware and protective of what resources you do have. Like I say, you sure. want to learn as quickly as you possibly can. And a lot of these you can well, do yourself, really. With you, or or it doesn't take a lot of skill or a lot of manpower to do them uh, either. So let's. Then that's a really big piece to note too. Is a lot of those we can test on our own. We can spin up a real quick landing page. We can uh, Google Ads. It's I love having somebody that can support me in that development. And yet it's possible to do that on your own too at this stage. Or we can always hop into a company like uh, what what George has. We can always. You guys are welcome to contact George, and George would be okay if they contacted you with questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sure. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot so, of a, a lot of agencies aren't set up for that. You know, they're not set up for a low-fi, really quick uh, uh, testing. Yeah. So, George, if you're we'll a big your company, you're, t- you're testing budget. All right. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll put your contact information in the the notes. But why don't you say real quick, how, how do you want people to get a hold of you? Oh, uh, email is fine. They can email and me if they like, or, or uh, it's G Chris G C H R I S P at appliedart.com. Perfect. Okay, we're going to go on another quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk about how you are applying these same principles that we've been talking about to an idea that you have. All right. All right, let's go on a quick break. Uh, you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. We will be back shortly. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, Call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we are on Inspired Choices Network. Today, we have guest George Christ with us, and we are talking all about lean marketing, agile marketing, and how we utilize this to validate an idea before we actually get into the guts of it. So before we get really excited about putting a lot of money and resources into that idea or service, how we actually know whether this service or this, this product has, has a go, how, how it's gonna, whether or not there's an audience for it. So George, are you still with us? I'm here. Awesome. Okay, so George, let's talk about how you've used these principles for an idea that you're working on. Well, I would say I I actually apply these um, just personally. And um, one of the things that that is always a challenge, especially if you're, you know, if you're launching a new product, and especially if you're, you know, working full time and and doing this as a side uh, project, um, is how do you get things done? You know, how do you sustain effort over a period of time? Um, and, you know, what what are the com- most common things you've run into from your uh, coaching, Kathleen, people struggling with these issues? They make commitments, but then they don't always follow through. So following, following through is difficult. Um, yeah. Let's just take the agile... Uh, uh, sort of philosophy and, and apply that. And I do use that in my uh, week. Um, 
so what I do is I, uh, at the beginning of each week, I kind of decide what outcomes I want to have for that week. And then, um, then I kind of plot out, you know, just per day by day. Here's the big things I want to achieve. And then daily, each day, I, I say, here's what I want to do. The next day, I say, did I get that done? What happened? Plot my next day. Um, what happens is too many people have this great big long to-do list, and it just gets overwhelming. So I'm just picking. I'm using that as a backlog, and I'm picking what I think are the three most important things I want to get done, which prioritizing is another key element that people don't do. They they um, they confuse being busy with being productive. So figuring out what the most important things I can do this week uh, to accomplish my objectives are. And then there's a couple other techniques I use. One is time blocking, which because uh, really a lot of the key is just getting started on stuff. But you have, like, you have to allocate time to work on things. And the key there is the time is fixed, but the scope isn't. So if I set aside an hour to do something, at the end of that time, I'm not done. Well, that's okay. I'll change the scope, but I'm going to move on to my next uh, uh, topics. Uh, the beauty in the Agile is at the end of the week, I can look back. What did I learn? How did I do? Where am I at? <clears throat> what do I need to do this next week? Uh, and then I get to start over fresh each week. If I had a week where I had a lot of interruptions and <clears throat> didn't get things done, um, and then I can then I can start uh, over fresh each week. And uh, Kathleen, uh, you and I talked a lot about habits. You know, <clears throat> there's a difference between doing tasks and 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 doing habits, where you just need this constant trigger to get your habits done. Um, that's a little bit different and and not quite so agile. But the agile lean methodology uh, applies to your work week as well. Yeah, so I see a lot of people that are interested in this concept of how do I be more productive. And so I, I want to call forward a distinction you just said that was beautiful. We often confuse being busy with being productive. So being busy versus being productive. And so what I hear you saying is we can actually build or uh, use some of these same tools to shift from being busy to actually being productive with some of these these habits and these timings. So tell me, how does yeah? That, go ahead. How does that how does that look for you? Like each morning, are you sitting down and looking at that? Yeah, each morning I kind of what I found is I have to really, you know, one of the problems I had before is I go through the day and then feel like, gee, I was so busy, but I didn't get anything important done. And then I realized that, you know, what was most important for my business was to get the important stuff done and let the unimportant stuff slide instead of vice versa. And uh, so that that focused me to say, all right, I need to simplify this. I'm not going to get everything done. And I think the first thing that you realize about a to-do list is you're not going to get it all done, and you probably shouldn't. It's you can put more on your to-do list in 10 minutes than you could possibly accomplish in a whole lifetime. So you have to realize it's easy to get stuff on there, but we don't spend time getting stuff off. 
so you have this long list and you really have to prioritize and what's you know what's going to be a priority from one week to the next is going to change uh but at least you can feel that you're making progress i think another key thing just for me and, and i don't i think most people don't do this is at the end of the week and the end of the day or whatever just yeah look at what you actually did accomplish and you know reward yourself for that even if it's just a pat on the back it's very motivating to feel that you actually uh made progress that week now you're speaking some truth there george <laughs> we can in 10 minutes yeah. put more and then we can ever complete in a lifetime yes uh yeah I, i've done that before <laughs> i i love this so yeah we all have we got- right Exactly. We've got just a few minutes left of the show. And uh, real quick, before we, we move on to another another thought, real quick, can you reiterate your email address for everybody that didn't hear before? What's the email address where if they have questions or want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, it's G. Christ, and Christ is spelled just like Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, at Applied Arts. And that's a p p l i e d a r t dot com. Perfect. So anybody that wants to get a hold of you, they can just email you that way. And what's the one piece of everything that we talked about? What's the one thing that you want to leave people with, George? I, w- I was going to say, uh, 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 Kathleen is. Um, if people want to get a hold of me, they should reference uh, your show in the subject line, so I'll know. Uh, I'll make sure that I uh, 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 read those. Um, Perfect. What's the one? The one piece I think the most important takeaway is is this concept of learning as quickly as you can. I think we have, from my own experience, we have wasted a lot of time, money, resources pursuing something that we thought was going to work based on the assumptions that we had and that that's, we had that whole model backwards. Go out, test your idea. And, and like I say, it's important not to just ask people. <clears throat> you can't go ask your friends and family. You can't ask people on the street because what people say and what they actually do are two different things. So you want to cr- create scenarios where you can let people behave in a, uh, in a normal way. So I think that was the biggest thing to me, and I wish I'd learned that a lot sooner because um, uh, it would have saved a lot of time and money. Yeah, I hear you. And, that, and it's a total flip from what we used to think of as business. And you used to go to business with uh, getting your idea and your, your product, your service, out to the market and then seeing if there's a market there. And so that I love that that's the piece that we get to remember from the show. And George, I can't thank you enough for being here with us and sharing your knowledge in this area. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Kathleen, it's absolutely my pleasure. It's very enjoyable. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. So audience, we today Profit Lunch, we got to learn about really what lean marketing, agile marketing, and these terms, these things that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, pulling it together. And so we reference the five steps to creating a six-figure-plus business. And so the first one is vision. So we've got to know where our vision, where we're headed. The second one is target audience, which is really making those assumptions on what target audience 
is uh, the the persona the personograph the the personas, uh, which is really just the audience makeup, an example of the audience. We've got another psychographics, the demographics, the geographics, the behavioral patterns. These are all characteristics of our target audience. And when we're building these, we're just making assumptions because then when we get into our offering, again, we're just saying, what is it that people would want? And we're building that. But then we get to step four. Then we get to the scaling and that. There, that the, the, our sales here, that's when we go out and see who wants this. Is there really a market for it? Is there really a market for it? Okay, so we get into our enrollment, our sales. We make sure that the enrollment is there, and then we blow it up. Then we put all the money into it. Then we grow it because at that point, that's where our highest return on investment is. And what I see happening, and this is what George was referencing, what I see happening is that we people tend to put a lot of their money in the beginning phase of that. So when we shift that back, when we shift that, we know that there is an audience out there. When we validated our idea, that's when we move forward, and that's when we can scale quickly and profitably, because profitably, that's the important piece. So if you're enjoying this conversation, and if you want to know more about how you can apply this to your business, Join us at Profit Launch Club. Okay, join us at Profit Launch Club. So you just go over to ProfitLaunchClub.com. There is a course that you can follow. We've got step one in the modules and step two, our target audience. And you can actually go through it and build it out for your business. And in the, we have a Facebook group. We've got a discussion going on, and we actually apply these principles of how are we going to grow our businesses? How are we going to use these same philosophies that we're talking about here on the show? How are we going to apply those in our business? What would that look like? So if you're interested, go to ProfitLaunchClub.com and check it out. And that's when you'll learn exactly what you get to create for your business. So I leave you today with the question in your mind, how do you grow? How do you grow your business? How do you know that your idea is going to work without spending a ton of money in the process? Lean marketing. Okay? Lean marketing. You can go back through it. You can listen to this episode again. You can reach out to George. You can reach out to me. But this is the opportunity for you to understand what it is that your audience really wants. All right, check it out and be sure. Let me know what you're finding. I want to hear these success stories about what you're creating. Join me every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern time for Profit Lunch with Kathleen Reeson. So excited to be here with you. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Profit Lunch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReason.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.